Welcome to The Untrue Show. This is Dana, and I'm back. Thank you for listening. I am talking about something I'm very excited about today, and I'm in a good mood. I am a morning person, and like I said, I usually record in the morning, so that's where we are right now. So every time of day you're listening, I hope I give you a little bit of pep in your step, in your day, <laughs> make things a little bit brighter. I am going to talk about something I have been looking forward to for the last couple months, and it is Frozen 2. I'm doing a whole review. I'm talking about my best, most favorite parts, the billion dollar business of Frozen. Because if you didn't know, the first movie made a billion dollars. The second one, I'm sure, is on track to do just the same because they've built up such fandomonium around the films. And I love the second one. I'm going to probably get through this with no spoilers, um, hopefully. But if there are spoilers, I'll put them in the show notes. So then you're, you're warned. But I went to see it with a girlfriend um, the weekend that it came out, and I really, really loved it. I One little sneak peek I'd give people or a hint I'd tell you to do is listen to the music before you go because it didn't spoil anything about the story, but it made me anticipate the big numbers coming up. And, of course, this is Frozen. If you think about Let It Go, there's going to be some big musical numbers, and it did not disappoint in that respect. I'm going to talk about music a little bit later. I'm going to first kind of start off with how the Disney renaissance is so different now than when it was when I was growing up and I was younger. Like if you think about the ending of The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, it's about a girl finding love and getting married and it all happens in about an hour and, you know, 45 minutes or so. But if you look back on some of the more recent Renaissance films, this, the trajectory of the movies have been so different. Like when I think about Princess and the Frog, which is actually 10 years old uh, uh, this year. So that's pretty exciting. But she was the first African-American princess that Disney ever had. And when I think back on that movie, I think about how she had dreams and goals and she didn't want anyone to get in the way of those things. Her friends teased her about working so hard and never taking a break. And she did end up finding love and getting married. But I think the the most important part of her story was that she had goals and she had dreams and aspirations. And we didn't really see that for at least for Ariel. I don't remember seeing that as much. Her goal was just to walk and get with the prince. So she didn't really have this other goal outside of that. Uh, but things were different when uh, Tiana came around. So her goal was to save money, to build a restaurant. And that was what she really wanted to do. That was her dream. Um, and then we looked at Tangled or we look at Tangled and the one thing I remember about Tangled is how at the end of it, uh, I guess this is a spoiler for those movies, but they're older. So, you know, um, at the end of the movie, she cuts off all her hair and she and Eugene Fitzherbert end up getting together, but they don't get married right at the end of the movie. And if you think about it, I'm sure Rapunzel had a lot of growing to do and Eugene had a lot of growing to do because he was a criminal when they met, you know, he was stealing stuff. And he was wanted by the police or the equivalent of the police at that time, I guess. <laughs> so they had a lot of changing and growing to do together. And eventually, in kind of the end story, he says, like, eventually, you know, I proposed and she said yes. But even in the series following up the movie, they weren't married. They were still kind of dating, still getting to know each other in that phase. And I appreciate that because... It's so unrealistic to tell little girls like you're going to meet a guy. It's going to, you know, be a little bit difficult. You're going to fight off a bad person and then you're going to get married. Like that's just not the way the movies work anymore. Um, so I like that in this movie, um, 
Anna and Hans are not married. They're still boyfriend and girlfriend. And I really appreciate them showing like, okay, this is three years after the first Frozen and they're still dating and they're still getting to know each other. And it's not perfect. It's not easy, but I felt like this was more in line with reality than, you know, getting married at the end of the film. So I really appreciate them taking a better, less fairy tale like ending and keeping it more in line with reality. I mean, it's still a fairy tale, but they're not giving this, oh, I found a prince. We're getting married, especially after the last movie where she was engaged to the bad guy. And she really was like in love with him in the first couple of minutes. Maybe that was their way of like poking fun at the previous movies. But Elsa was the only one with some sense like, girl, what are you doing? You're not marrying him. You just met him. So by the end of the Frozen one, you know, Anna kind of gets it together. She sees that dude is a bad guy I don't even remember his name we're not even gonna mention it but he's a bad guy so she doesn't get with him and she's in a relationship with Hans who saved her life um who took her on a journey to find Elsa and to talk with her and all that stuff so fast forward to Frozen 2 they're still together they're still dating they're not married I love it um the second part I really want to talk about is Elsa so I like how Elsa is not paired up with someone and I love that the premise of Frozen and even the premise of Frozen 2 are more about family love and community love and being accepted. Because in the first movie, you know, Elsa was kind of ostracized. And that's where the build up to Let It Go happens is she activates her powers in front of everyone and they judge her and she runs away and she sings let it go because that's her way of being free she can finally use her powers and not be bothered by the cold and not cover up and just be Elsa so I was nervous about Frozen 2 because I thought maybe they're gonna give her a prince and then I know a lot of fans wanted her to get a girlfriend but I kind of like that they left that open-ended. We don't really know. Does you know, whatever. But ultimately, this movie was about her self-journey. And I think that we all have that journey, too, where we're not having to be with someone else. So we have a journey we're supposed to individually be on for our life. Um, <clears throat> I looked at her, the opening song for this movie, I would say, like, Let It Go Part 2. It's called Into the Unknown. And when she sings that song, she's really saying, like, something is calling me but I don't want to answer because my life is good like life is so good right now but something inside me is telling me I should answer something is telling me I gotta go there's something pulling at me I don't know if you guys have heard that song something in my heart it's like something in my heart is just not right and she knows it and she senses it she's like I'm not supposed to be here anymore and I felt that because I think we all run into that feeling sometimes where you're with a person or where you're with a company or in a situation or any, it can really relate to anything like being in school, like you're a senior. It's like, I'm not supposed to be here anymore. How do I think about the next step? So it can relate to a lot of different things. And I love that she is focused on finding herself and not focused on hunting down a prince or you know, Anna, I mean, that's her sister and she loves her, but she knows like, this is my journey. And some parts of my journey, I cannot share with you or go on with you or include you in because this is not about you. This is about me. And for the most part, I really appreciate her, them not putting her up with someone because she's strong, she's happy, she's loving, and she's really competent in her role as queen in this film. It's just, 
she's just uncomfortable and she feels something else calling her something greater. And the movie is kind of set up on that journey of like, I hear this voice calling me. I know something's out there trying to give me a message and point me in a different direction. And I'd love to figure out what it is or explore it or talk to this, talk to this, speak to it. Cause it's, she thinks that it's someone, but it's something. So talk to whatever it is to figure out where she's supposed to be going, who she's supposed to be, because she knows that where she is as queen of Arendelle just isn't it. So exploring things for yourself and figuring out where you're supposed to be, I think are really important on all of our journeys. So I like that part of the story, how they don't pair up with someone, how they just show the strength of the community loving her and supporting her and being around her. And she does have family. I mean, she has Anna, she has Hans and um, the reindeer, you know, and also Olaf. They have their own little family. They have their family portrait on the wall. Um, and it's not traditional, but it's still love. Think of it that way. All right. So, of course, um, I talked a little bit about that just now. A lot of the movie is about a journey to the past. So um, it's about finding out who you are as an individual and then looking at some of the things that they know about themselves and trying to figure out, are they true? Did they happen? Um, Basically, you know, Elsa's initial feeling of like something's just not right. Something is calling me. Um and trying to figure out who or what that is. So she goes on that trip, but Anna, you know, based on everything that happened in the first movie, is like, I'm not letting you go alone. So the whole family goes, and the whole family experiences a level of growth and transformation through this journey, trying to figure everything out. So, of course, the music, I definitely would say, was like a high point of the film. Um, I really loved Hans. He gets a, his whole own song this time which I thought was great I know he had like a snippet of a song last time but the song he gets it it fits in the movie but it's also really different from the style of the other songs it's kind of like an 80s rock banger and I was reading up about it after I watched the film and they said that they they um, made the montage or sequences like a meatball video so there's a lot of little headshots and like five different headshots and then a big guitar solo and it's really cool, like a flashback montage. I really like that song. It definitely stood out as different. Um, I love Into the Unknown. I really like how they used a different version on the soundtrack by Panic at the Disco that is a little bit more singable for those of us who do not have a voice like Idina Menzel, <laughs> who's awesome, but I mean, hitting those high notes over and over, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. So the Panic at the Disco one is a couple octaves lower and also very easy to achieve (laughs) and it has all the rock instruments so it's really cool and then they also have another song called show yourself which I really like I'm a fan of that one too it's it happens at a really emotional moment in the movie and I I just it's just so sweet and it's different and I love that um it's Elsa just saying like I'm nervous but I'm nervous because I know what I'm about to learn or what I'm about to see is the key to my future. And I really want to know what it is. And I'm nervous approaching it and I'm scared and overwhelmed. And it's, it's just very, very vulnerable song, but I really, really like it. Um, I think that 
they did a really good job of trying to get the songs or keep the songs at the same level as they were before. But if you think about it, Let It Go was like one of the top songs of 2014. I mean, I literally just asked my little cousin who's three, wasn't even alive six years ago when the movie came out, what her favorite song was. And she started singing Let It Go. So the reach that the film has had, I mean, she's watched it, of course, um, on DVD and, you know, we'll be seeing the the movie in theaters this time. But the fact that that's such an old song, we play all kinds of new music for her, but she remembers that specific one. Um, I was reading an article where someone was like, that song is just hypnotic for kids. They just can't forget it. And I think that Into the Unknown kind of continues that hypnotic beautiful song empowering lyrics to appeal to the adults and stuff um I didn't realize how many people were really touched by let it go and how many different communities could kind of take the story and apply it to what they're going through I saw that a lot of people that are um going through eating disorders look at the song as inspiration a lot of people that are coming out of the closet look at it as inspiration um I think it's just an empowering song it was inspired by Adele and Avril Lavigne and I thought that was really interesting fact about it and the more I hear it I'm like I can hear the Avril and the Adele in it in fact like I was a fan of Avril Lavigne's first two albums and the first one was called Let Go so (laughs) the fact that this song is called Let It Go I think you could see the similarities there with the attitude where she says the cold never bothered me anyway and kind of closes the door um that's definitely an Avril vibe (laughs) and the writers you know acknowledged that and, and gave her her credit where it was due And on one of the other songs called All Is Found, Casey Musgrave sings the more, I guess, singable version of it, radio-friendly version, where Evan Rachel Wood, who plays the mom in the movie, sings the version in the film. But I think that the parents kind of set the girls up um, as kids by telling them information that was going to take them on this journey. So the mom plays a really big role in this movie, even though, you know, as we all remember, she died in the first movie, so... Uh, all right. So we got to kind of get to the critical aspect of things. I did have a couple things about what I didn't like about the movie. So it's very jam packed full of story. I'd say if you blink or go to the bathroom, you're definitely going to miss something vital to the end of the movie. Uh, so there's a lot of little elements that you'll be like, man, what I miss and I can't follow it anymore. So you just have to catch it on Disney plus or on DVD when it comes out. Uh, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna be a little bit behind if you take a break from, from watching it or step out of the theater. So I think if you watch it the second or third or fourth time, you're really gonna be like, oh man, I get it. This is the bomb. This is the awesome movie. Whereas I got it the first time, but I'm sure there's going to be all these little things that I miss. Like when I watched the first Frozen, I didn't realize that she makes Olaf as they were playing as kids. And then she makes him again when she sings Let It Go. And then there's life in him where he can walk and talk and do all those things. Where in this movie, I'm sure there's little parts that I miss that I'm like, oh, I get how that ties into the end. Like already thinking back, I'm like, oh, in the beginning, remember when this was said or remember in the beginning when they did this or they were playing with this toy or they mentioned uh, one part my friend noticed was they were singing one of the songs in the beginning. I think it's Some Things Never Change. And they mentioned the flag of Arendelle. And then a couple minutes later, after Into the Unknown, the flag of Arendelle kind of 
blows in the wind or moves across the screen. And she's like, I knew it was going to do something because they kind of referenced it in the song and I knew it was going to be a thing. And I was like, wow, I totally missed that. So next time I'll definitely be watching what it does for sure. Uh, and also I think that it just, it just moved faster pace and it had a couple scary elements. Whereas I don't think the first film had those. Uh, I also would say, I didn't notice a lot of the kids in the theater questioning any of these elements. I've seen some other reviews where they're like, the kids were like, what's going on? Who is that? Who is this? Who is that? Um, not in my theater. It was a little bit more laid back and none of the kids were really talkative. And I appreciate that they were just chill um, and enjoying the movie and laughing where there were laughable elements. Uh, Olaf has a lot of really funny one-liners, but Olaf is actually as I was reading more up on his character, he represents innocence and love. So a lot of his comments were good and they happen in good places to kind of break up this, the serious tone of the film and the seriousness of the journey that they're on. So one thing that he's talked about was how they were going to transform and how um, he would understand things when he was a little bit older or more mature. And it didn't make sense because like I said, he's, he represents innocence. So some of the things happening he can't really comprehend why they're happening or why they're on this journey so all he can do is be humorous about them ask questions try to dig deeper but still you know be cute Olaf and not understand all the things he doesn't understand so definitely added a lot of laughable elements and um my criticism is not even that harsh I definitely think overall the movie was just great um it, you know it's, just, it's a lot to pay attention to but I was prepared and I could follow along with it and I think after a few watches anyone would get it and love the film just as much as I did the first time so the last thing I really mused over as I was putting all this together was did we really need a sequel and I, I'm torn on this one so if you think back on what I talked about earlier, like the, the Disney Renaissance, so we never had a sequel to, um, or a big budget go to the theater sequel for any other Disney Renaissance film. Like there's Aladdin Return of Jafar. There's, you know, Beauty and the Beast on, D, you know, direct to video, The Little Mermaid 2 direct to DVD, all that stuff. The Lion King one and a half, which I love, all that stuff went direct to DVD. Um, but I think that we're in this age of reboots and remakes and there was enough customer demand out there and even money to be made on, you know, tie-ins with the movie to be like, yeah, we can do a sequel. With that said, I think there's some sequels that just don't live up to the hype of the original or up to the expectations of the original. This one definitely does. If you think about it, I um I don't think that they expected Frozen to be this big phenomenon that it became or has become over the last six years. It's become a thing. I mean, a billion dollar film. Uh, and I'm sure that they've made even more money off merchandising and the tie-ins of the toys and all those things that they make. And with that said, I think Frozen 2 is a really great successor to the first film in terms of the story, in terms of the music. Of course, it's a little bit more mature because I'd hope in the last three years that from everything that happened from the first film, Elsa and Anna's relationship is different. Elsa and Han's relationship is different. Um, Olaf is different because they've grown for three years. I mean, my friend and I were talking about how Hans has been upgraded. Like the Beyonce song is like, let me upgrade you. Like his wardrobe is different. You know, his reindeer is, you know, groomed. They're, they're, they've stepped it up a little bit. He still has the same sleigh that Anna gifted him, which I think is awesome. But you can definitely tell 
it's not the same tone in a sense of the first movie, but it's more of a mature tone. They've grown up a little bit and we get to see that. We get to see them just being, I think, well-rounded characters where sometimes Disney movies, you don't really get to see them grow because they don't really get that big platform like Frozen has been given. But I like that the second film shows that, okay, it's been three years, but I'm not the same Anna and I'm not the same Elsa. And even the people of Arendelle are different. They're more accepting of of Elsa and Anna and everything that they've been through. They respect them and they're, they're admired in the town. And so just seeing that difference was really good. And I definitely think that um, I wouldn't say that there was a need for a sequel in a sense of we needed their story to continue, but I appreciate the fact that they did make a sequel and that they put it out there and that it's just as good as the first one. Um, how many times have we seen sequels that were just like, Oh man, they could have put in a little bit more effort. Like one that comes top of mind is like speed two, which was just not where the first one was. But I think sometimes if you're, if you're a filmmaker and you make a movie and it becomes like the sleeper hit or this accidental success, you don't really know how to continue on that trajectory. You're like, Oh, well that one was a hit. Let's just keep it, keep the same vibe on the next one and then see how it does. And it's like, uh, it didn't hit the same. (laughs) So that's the way, um, that's the sequel I always think of when I'm like, man, that just wasn't it. But I think that, I really like this one. I would see it again and again. And I think that, uh, of course, from the marketing standpoint, they have all these new outfits and hairstyles, a couple new characters, and I'm sure new clothing for adults. I saw some cape tie-in with Columbia um, outerwear where they're doing Elsa and Anna capes. And um, I was like, that's a really cool tie-in. They were very expensive, but it was a really cool tie-in because they wore capes in the movie. They wore capes in the first one because it's cold in Arendelle. So you know, getting that tie in, I thought was really cool. I mean, they've been talking about Frozen 2 for what, I feel like the last two years at least and showing those previews, which the previews really don't give away much of the story. So I'd say if you feel like it, watch those again too. Um, But definitely listen to the music before you go. That's my big tip to people is like hear that soundtrack uh, at least maybe one time through, but there's some songs you're going to go back and want to hear on repeat. At least I know for me, it was into the unknown show yourself. And, um, yeah, those are the two I definitely went back to. And then now, since I seen the movie, I go back to a couple others like Olaf song and Han song. So I would say, um, listen to that. It's not going to spoil anything for you. You're just going to hear some good, good music and after I ended up seeing Frozen 2 I went and made like a whole Idina Menzel best of playlist which includes like Defying Gravity, um, Into the Unknown, What Let It Go, uh, Take Me or Leave Me from Rent, uh, For Good is on there, uh, what's the other favorite song that she does, um, No Good Deed which is like probably my most favorite song that she sings. Uh, from the original Wicked soundtrack. So I have a whole host of songs by her that I just want to hear over and over because she's awesome. Um, And yeah, I was inspired to do that after Frozen 2. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this show and thank you so much for listening. Again, you can find me on social media as The Great Dana J. That is Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm there. And yeah, my blog is back up and running. It is thegreatdanaj.com. And I've had the most fun getting back into podcasting. And I have a lot more planned for you guys. So I hope that you stay tuned for the next episode. Keep listening if there's some you haven't heard before. And if you're seeing Frozen, let me know what you thought of it. 
If you love my podcast, give me a rating or two in the iTunes store. Five stars is awesome, but other stars I learn from make the show better. (laughs) Uh, But really, I hope it's five stars. (laughs) And I will be back soon. Thank you guys so much and talk to you again in the future.